Halloween ACL Nation. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. Question mark? <laughs> no, this this AJ Sims. This is my AJ Sims <laughs> costume right here. Okay, I didn't know if we were going Drake because you've gotten the cornhole Drake <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, got it. AJ, welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, AJ, thank, thank you for. I was just on your podcast a couple couple last week, so I'm glad you were able. To no, come I was back. listening to that this morning actually. So yeah, yeah that's, so was, that's uh, too funny. They're way more buttoned up than we are, by the way. They're like, <laughs> whoa, they, they whoa. like. <laughs> <laughs> they like going or like I was I was so impressed. It was like off the board podcast. Like shout out those guys, but like they had like they knew exactly when to stop talking. They went to the next one. They're like, okay, then you're gonna ask a question. Then you're gonna ask a question. It was like the most organized, like <laughs> functional podcast I've ever been a part of, and that says something because we're on episode 100 of our not functional podcast. 100. What? 100th episode wow. on Halloween. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, thing we got going on we want to talk about the fact that this is our 100th episode you know maybe some throwback stories memories uh you know all this it's hard to believe this happened you know what two years ago uh here we are and um i've enjoyed every minute of it i think it's so fun to host this podcast i love listening to you guys and uh it definitely for me has i guess made me uh, have an excuse to watch cornhole like if i'm doing something i'm like oh guys i gotta watch this it's my job yeah so you know i gotta watch this yeah <laughs> like everyone just leave me alone for a moment so i can watch this match uh so i appreciate that yeah i'm just glad that i got to instill some of my trays trivia like into all of our different episodes like name that player is just for a, an excuse for me to come up with a random <laughs> trivia questions that i like to do like this is just literally just an outlet for me to ask trivia questions that's the only reason I do <laughs> we know week to week. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, yeah i mean literally two years i remember like you know trying to think through the idea we had the acl throwdown but which by the way popped up anthony commented on allison springer peter she shared an acl throwdown from back in the day Classic. that's kind of like that that kind of sparked the idea for this this uh, around the ACL, and you know I, I thought, you know, oh let's find two people that know what the hell they're talking about. So I couldn't find those guys, so I found you two, and then that's <laughs> here we are. And now, now here we are. And we started with Mike. We didn't when Mike's Mike's no longer on the show, but um, oh, yeah, Mike Morton, Mike Morton in the yeah, house. Mike Morton was here, did our statistics and everything, but I think it's. You know, I think it's really cool. I, I mean, it kind of, you know, reminisce about the way, I mean, we, we bring kind of a news feel to the Cornhole community, which I think is, you know, this, which is, is important, I think. Um, and a big shout out to all of our listener base. And we appreciate everybody tuning in. Cause I think, you know, the one thing that I, I'm proud of that we did is we were able to, we're, we're filling kind of a gap in which there's not a lot of like, people can't listen to a lot of cornhole podcasts out there rightfully so i mean cornhole is supposed to be a laid back game or whatever to, but to get information right it's about like who won this event who's playing in this event you know we try to do updates every now and then i think that's that's cool and so i'm 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 proud of what we've accomplished and proud to be do it alongside you two hooligans uh you aj and michelle both of you yeah 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 yeah, shout out. I should I should say shout out to AJ because uh, <clears throat> Trey, you just talked about you were on the uh, on the podcast with him, so I came in right behind you. So re re I recorded behind you. That one hasn't dropped yet, so that was kind of the 
the theme just to thanks to those guys for having me on aj sims jaime sanchez felix and anthony um but yeah we talk about podcasts we talk about our hundredth episode right <clears throat> you know and it's like what 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 were we trying to accomplish as a podcast there's so many different styles and versions out there you know uh you know what you drinking isn't so important to us although i wouldn't mind an afternoon beer we do we do record in the middle of the day uh so during my lunch I actually jump off of my my career day i use my lunch i come in here and do this but if i could pull off a beer during the episode that that would be that would be well, pretty good but 10 a.m for me so <laughs> i think yeah, michelle's <laughs> michelle 10 a.m beer is aggressive right, right, be right, right. In Cabo. yeah if it's champagne you can get away with it if it's you know in the morning but you know a beer yeah, seems I mean, you know we're uh you know trey i don't know where your you know what your ultimate vision was but you know i think the idea was is that we bring um you know the latest and greatest news what's happening what happened you know from the source we're coming from the from the acl so we have the latest data we have the latest rosters so trying to give the people accurate news kind of a maybe a sports center or, you know around the horn kind of feel um you know, we don't go off into too many tangents, you know, like maybe uh, like maybe Bernie does on uh, on a borderline, you know, Bernie, uh, what about it's... Jeff? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't just put it all on Bernie. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we're not really uh, interview rich like like, you know, Mish, like maybe with your show, um, although we've had some some interviews, we've had some good interviews. But um, yeah, it's been a good ride. It's been it's been a lot of fun. And I hope we're bringing people, um, you know good news and the latest and greatest information so i do love the different aspects right you do have borderline that's all over the place i listen to it the minute it drops every week so we can make fun of the tangents and all that all they want but i find it highly entertaining <laughs> i mean i love the show you know and then uh bagging and bragging with wally and i you know that is more of a you know we do we do an interview every time and highlights and things like that um you know and then we have you know, this show, which, like you said, is very focused on the news, the latest, what's going on um, straight from the ACL. So I think all the different shows bring a nice balance. And of course, ACL Live, uh, which is a, a, num a, num a number of things. I don't know. What was your uh, vision for all the podcasts, Trey, and how these would all come together? Because this was like, you, kind of your baby, right? Yeah, I mean, it started, you know, obviously we didn't start with Bagging and Bragging. We started in your predecessor, Girl Star 2, which we don't talk too much about there. But like the <laughs> idea was to bring variety, right? And to bring people different perspectives, right? And I thought from the beginning, I thought it was important to have a lead female host that was, you know, could kind of cornerstone multiple shows. And I thought that was important to try to establish. And that's why. You know, um, so I think we accomplished that. That was a check, right? I, I needed to bring someone on that knows more than I do about cornhole. And I did that with Anthony. That's check. And then I needed to have someone that could just soothe you with the way they talk through a podcast. Mike, Jeff McCarriger, done. Easy. Uh, yes. And then I needed I needed somebody to take us off the rails with Bernie. Like I needed somebody oh, to do that. Covered. Because he got you covered. If I had... If I had four around the ACLs, then it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a good product, right? You need you need distinct, you know, um, personalities. And along the way, we've been able to add, you know, Wally, who adds his own different perspective, which I think is great. Um, you know, and I think that's overall just been important. It's just been important to you know to add variety, and I, I think we've done that. And you know, uh, one maybe small thing I'll get to tease here on our 100th episode, like what's Ooh. to come and what's, you know, exciting and changing is, you know, um, 
you know, another person that Michelle has kind of brought along and introduced us to that's been really, really good is, has been Corey Russell. And he's someone that's taken um, a liking to a lot of the streaming that we're doing. And so, um, you know, we verbally agreed to bring Corey on in a, in a larger capacity. Um, and so working through those details now, but um, he's going to have really two main jobs and that's coordinating and elevating our, our live streams and coordinating and elevating our podcasts. So, uh, I do got skills. You know, he's got yeah, skills. he's got a lot of great skills. So no more of this generic, boring branding that I just, we just kind of laid into for two years now. Um, I expect all of our podcasts to take an elevated bump in production over the next few months as, as Corey gets involved and even working with, you know, um, you know, and, and another valuable assets to our team are, are, are Chase Hunter and, and Allison and Jake, Allison Hine, uh, Allison Baldwin and Jake Brandon, too. They're heavily involved in our live stream. And I think their roles are going to grow elsewhere, too, uh, in different capacities. So so overall, um, you know, there's a lot of growth and exciting things. But specifically on the podcast side, I think um, having Corey involved is going to be is going to make us a lot better. So that's you know, the, the first hundred, I think we did a really good job. And then I think the next hundred will will do even better. So that's exciting. It's good timing because the hundredth episode. So Corey, for those who don't know, lives in my town. He's a good friend of mine. So he actually came to my house and set up a camera and a mic. So <laughs> the quality that you see here is because he lives here. And so he was like, I'm going to come <laughs> and do this. <laughs> so yeah, he, uh, yeah. he finally said, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of watching uh, Sunshine and Co. in the background just running around. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. He's over it. You know what I you know what I wouldn't mind so much too and I, I don't know where we stand right now. You know, we obviously came on we're we're on uh, ACL Cornhole TV. We've got sponsorships behind us. You know, so we try and keep it clean. We try and keep it a little bit filtered. Um, you know, I might be a guy who's I come in prepared. I do a lot of homework, but I'm not a really a filtered kind of guy. Uh, so if we were able to get a little bit more loose, you know, maybe with what we talked about, language, I'm not sure where we can go, but I wouldn't mind uh, unfiltering this a little bit more. Anthony wants to drop an F bomb so bad. come on. <laughs> if anybody knows well, me hey, outside of uh, that'll be up to our new producer. Yeah, producer. boring conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'm um, down for the unfiltered. Congrats, guys. Good job on 100. We did, we did it. We did it. Got him. <laughs> awesome. No, it's been a blast. Um, the next thing we want to get into is continuing on this theme of our ACL Pro Team roster grades. Uh, as I mentioned the previous week, this is based on kind of the whole team, not necessarily what they did at the draft, but how Trey and Anthony feel about the team as a whole. Um, so this week, we're going to be focusing on the National Central. So we have the Kentucky Colonels, the Chicago Land Spinners, the Texas Bully Baggers, and the Missouri Mays. So we'll start with the Kentucky Colonels, uh, Trey. Tell us about the team and what grade that you would give that team. Man, so I think this is really interesting because I don't know. I can't wait to see how Anthony and I go back and forth on this because personally, the central is polarizing. I like two teams and I don't like two teams um, as far as overall impressions go. Now, starting with the Colonels, let's go a quick run through of their team. Matt Guy is your captain again. Uh, they bring back Brett Guy, Damon Dennis, Sam Finley, Justin Rule, and Kimberly Glass. They trade their first-round pick to acquire Ryan Hart. Then they go and get Pat Sem, Carter Bennett, and uh, Anthony Mayball, Mark Burgess, Bracey Blanton, Brandon Brown, Daniela Luna, 
David Ryan and Dayton Weber to round things out at the end. Um, starting off the gate, uh, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of the trade to acquire Ryan Hart. I think Ryan Hart is a great talent. I think he's going to be really, really good and really solid. But you look where where they would have been in that draft and who they could have gotten. I think they could have elevated themselves with a little bit of a, 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 a higher talent-wise. Now, overall, I wouldn't say I hate it. I just say I wouldn't love the trade to acquire there. I think they have decent returns as far as returning players. Brett Guy, Damon Dennis, Sam Finley, three people that are proven on broadcast courts for, if you will, they're going to deliver at a high level. Justin Rule and Kimberly Glass, solid. I could argue maybe there might have been one or two different picks that I would have made from last year's roster, but overall, I thought was okay. I did really, really like um, Pat Sem coming out and getting that pick pretty early. I think it was a really solid one. He's kind of someone that's gone under the radar a little bit but has a really, really high potential. But in their second and third picks, what I here's the part that I didn't love. They go Carter Bennett and Tony Mayball. Now, part of the reason I wasn't a huge fan of this is because both at one, I'm using two of my best value picks on a PDC player that didn't dominate last year, did solid really, really well, but didn't have a dominating performance like we've seen others have. And then the second one, Tony Mayball, to be honest with you, was not good on the broadcast court. Now, outside of the broadcast court was fine, but on the broadcast court really, really struggled. And that's a key for me. When I look at winning a championship, I need to have someone, if I'm I'm using the first pick of the third round on someone, I need someone that I know is going to deliver at a high level. Um, only other thing concerns me is the high average age we talked about, right? They don't have any of these young guns. They're really being able to com- be able to commit and do this as a full-time occupation, it just worries me a little bit when we look at that average age being a little bit up there. Um, not necessarily a problem. There's something I'm keeping an eye off. Overall, it's okay. Um, now, if you remember last year, the Colonels, I gave a really high grade and they underperformed. I'm hoping the Colonels get some opposite luck this year. I'm giving them a C plus. I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with the team, but certainly they have some building block pieces. C plus. All right, Anthony, where are your thoughts on this? How are you going to do me like that, Mish? Will you introduce uh, me as AJ Sims? AJ, I'm sorry. AJ, my bad. Hey. This my is my bad. potential costume tomorrow. If I had a Buffalo Boards hoodie, it might be a little bit. That's really funny. what's throwing me out. You're wearing a Cornhole Science hoodie. <laughs> I've not seen AJ in a Cornhole Science hoodie. Maybe you need to send him one, but it's very confusing. Hoodie swap, hoodie swap. Hoodie swap. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Trey, like you were saying, uh, age, right? And just to kind of give a little bit more information behind that, um, almost half this team is over the age of 40. And if you compare that to last season, if I took the top 50 players in singles, the average age is still in the 20s. They have four players in their 50s and two players in their 60s with Dennis and Sam. So like you were saying, just to note, but there is a trend of this younger generation really succeeding in the league right now some regionality eight of the 15 players from kentucky and the bordering states you got five right out of kentucky and then you got indy ohio kind of grabbing some of those surrounding states and then you get this just which would be expected from an older squad you get this real offensive minded team you've got these ppr elites right like matt guy uh, burgess a high ppr guy damon dennis kimberly glass a really high ppr uh, player pat sems coming in 
Another high PPR guy, David Ryan, also playing that style game. Um, so it's like, but we're seeing this trend of away from that style of game. We're seeing really the top succeeding, shedding off a PPR only offensive game. So that does worry me a little bit. But I like the pickup with Pat Sem, even though he does play that style game. It's showing that Kentucky is highly regarding that style of game. Uh, he was the 17th overall pick for me. B minus. B minus on the uh, Colonels. B minus. So not far off. All right. Next up is the Chicago Land Spinners. Trey, what do you got? All right. So this is another one that uh, when I talk about two I liked and two I didn't like. I wasn't a huge fan of this one either. Um, first of all, okay, let, actually, let's go through the, the roster and talk about who they have. Chicago Land Spinners. We have Mark Richards is the captain. He brings back Nico Morellas, Tyler Poitras, Timmy Jonas, and Jordan Kimbrell. He then trades Philip Lopez away for Travis Purser in exchange. He, they also draft Frank Verona, Angel Camarena, Zach Engelkin, Jay Corley, Zach Lewis, Ashton Spees, Dave Morse, Greg Kulos, Tina Tafoya, and Bobby Sperry. Okay. Now, I don't like the trade for Travis Purser. I don't know what in the world is going on there. I'm not even going to look at singles rankings. Maybe maybe Mark Richards will come to me, and, and maybe you've looked it up, Anthony. I don't care. And they've acquired to get Travis Purser in exchange for Philip Lopez. Philip Lopez has won on the broadcast court. He's been a good doubles partner. He's been a top player in the world. He's played with un... You can't even measure the amount of pressure that Philip Lopez is playing with. You're telling me he's got to play with the best player in the world at times? And he's got to do it. He's consistently making the broadcast. I don't care. It's a bad trade. Travis Purser is a great and talented player. But to give away someone with the experience and the skill of Philip Lopez, I think was a poor, poor decision. I don't know if that means there's any bad blood, but I don't understand why Richards goes and trades that player away. So first, I just want to get that out there. I think they take some high risk with some rookies and specifically the types of rookies that they went with when drafting. They went Frank Verona first. Now, I know Anthony is going to be high on Frank Verona. I'll say he's probably higher on Frank Verona than I am. And the reason for that is when I look at the list of rookies, okay, he's not one, two, three, four, or five right now to me. So if you're telling me with my first pick, I'm going to take the seventh or eighth best rookie that's available on my list. That's worrisome to me because if I go look at last year's rookie list, which is supposed to be a comparable look, we're not talking a high performer at number eight when we list all the rookies from top to bottom. So historically, this is someone in this range that is going to underperform, and that worries me. I could have gotten someone that I know what I'm getting out of them, and I think they took a risk. Camarena with the second round pick is a little bit less of a risk. We know he can perform on a broadcast core, but again, we took a risk. We took our two best picks and we don't know what we're going to do with them. Okay. So in the end, I think maybe with Spees and Morse late, they got some good added value and added some depth in, in that roster. They have some solid keepers. You know how much I love Jordan Kimbrell. I think he's a superstar that's always undervalued. But even Tyler Poitras didn't have the year that we, we we thought he would last year. So overall, I'm going another C plus for my Chicago Land Spinners. Oof, wow, C plus, Mr. Sims, enlighten us. Yes, um, 
this is a this is a team that values pro status, the pro qualifier, and the open qualifier. You know, not one pick from the from the less less regarded uh, qualifications like PDC application conferences. Um, so so just to point on that, this the, this team is pulling in qualifiers from those only. Not much regionality. I mean, uh, you know, you've got Richards, Morellis, Moore is really the only one kind of in that. Every, everywhere else is just all over the map. I do like the natural partnerships. Um, you know, the number three and your number three got three people. You've got Morellis and Poitras who are dedicated pro partners. That seems like a natural partnership. So then you go, who does Mark Richards partner up with this season? Uh, happy birthday to the champ, by the way. Today, 27 years old. But then you have this middle part of the roster where you can really mix and match partnerships and I think be successful. You got a lot of BG in that middle section with Jonas, Camarena, Engelkin, Corley. I do like the two rookie picks, Camarena and Verona, but we should note they had late picks. I think they were like maybe 13, 14 in the first round. So a lot of those real big rookies were already gone by the time they got there. And then they didn't get another pick until like 21. So with what they were dealing with, I do like their picks. I think that both of those players play the style of game that's trending up in the league right now. Um, Ingleton, Corley, they play real similar. Uh, I, I think they would do really well together. So then where does that leave Richards? Is he now looking at a Jonas, a Kimbrel, or a Purser? My guess is that Purser and Kimbrel partner up. They're both AAR. Um, they would be a tough duo, and I think that they're similar skilled players. So kind of sounds weird that a Richards and a Jonas might team up, but we've seen Richards have success with all kinds of baggers, all kinds of bags. Um, but I'm with you, Trey. I mean, it's this isn't an A, uh, even a B, B plus style team, but I went with just a solid B on this one here. All right. Next up, Texas Bully Baggers. Who do we all got? right, AJ, this is your team. So we'll look, yes. take a look at your team here. And uh, he can't uh, grade his own team. Yeah, this is where I start to like things. So, Texas Bully Baggers. Uh, Eddie Grindersleeve is your captain, bringing back Kayla Batson, AJ Sims, Dylan Turpin, Cameron Kingfisher, and Deb Odom. They also add Braden Wilson, Rosie Streaker, Ernest Cisneros, Mike Harvey, Jared Kufis, Vanessa Fillingham, Eric Cherney, Zach Harris, and Brandy McBride. All right. First of all, the keepers are loaded. Kayla Batson, Eddie Grindersleeve, AJ Sims, Dylan Turpin, even a Cameron Kingfisher. Now, here's a little bit of a wild card because he didn't travel to the events at the end of the second half of the season. But this was a guy, and that second national finished top 15. So if we get that Cameron Kingfisher that's committed to an entire season, it's nasty. Now, to an extent, did they th – at first I wrote in my piece of paper, I didn't like keeping Deb Odom, okay? But the more I thought about it, if I had not kept Deb Odom and I kept someone that was ranked higher, I would have moved from mid-first round to late first round, okay? So I don't know if this is on purpose, but what that did was getting that, getting that spot in the order allowed them to then draft, trade one spot up to get Braden Wilson. So now, AJ, you get to play with your pro partner in Braden Wilson, which I know you love, okay? So we have Braden Wilson we've added to this that we only got because we were able to make a trade. I thought that was key. Then you get Rosie Streaker, which, again, I'm always going to argue is going to be um, undervalued because 
there's a bias against females sometimes, and she was a top 100 player. I got a top 100 player in like the set in the second round. I mean, that's that that doesn't happen, right? Um, then you add Ernest Cisneros, which I believe Michelle, correct me if I'm wrong, was one of the highest PPRs, was one of the highest deck around players. And again, I'm not looking for my first round pick, but when you talk about my fourth round pick, I get Cisneros. I think it's got some good upside, Michelle. Absolutely. Um, then Mike Harvey, who not last year, but the year before was really good. Again, all these things are adding up and telling me this team has a lot of high ceiling potential overall. You know what? I'm actually changing it. I'm giving them an A. I change, I had an A minus on here. I'm changing it to an A. I talked myself talked into, himself it. I, into an A. I, I like your team, AJ. What do you think? <laughs> My AJ. team is stacked. My team is yeah. stacked. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Statistically, we're gonna bring uh we're gonna bring the best PPR and the number four DPR. So you put those things together. We're going to be tough. I've got eight players on my squad out of Texas. You mentioned him, Trey. Uh, maybe not known so much. Harris uh, and Cisneros also out of Texas. And then right across the border, you know, we're playing these guys constantly. Turpin and Kingfisher, a natural partnership there already. You know, they're going to be coming into the league as dedicated pro partners. They're going to do some work for us. Uh, really strong rookie drafts, right? We've got... Uh, I, I got my partner, Braden Wilson, like you were saying, Trey. Um, we got him at number eight in the first round. Ernest Cisneros, he did better than 83% of the rookies in the showcase. I think this might be a guy that maybe opened some eyes a little bit and a good pickup at 57 overall. So Cisneros might be able to do some work for us. Um, this team's winning on natural partnerships. We've got Eddie and Batson, the, the best the best doubles team right now in the world. Maybe the best team ever. Has anyone really done what they've done, what they did last season? And then you've got the dedicated pro partners like I was talking about in Sims Wilson, Turpin Kingfisher. It's going to come down to Kingfisher. We know what we're going to get from Turpin. Kingfisher showing a lot of skills. He has that new style game. He just needs to kind of step it up a little bit. I think that he could be one of the better players in the league. But you kind of hinted at it earlier. It's going to take that old school Harvey. You know, the guy we saw show up on a national broadcast. And under the radar, Jared Kufis, who has a lot of skill. You know, mom, my mom Odom out there needs to do some work. You know, really bring that high PPR game. Maybe even pair her with a streaker. They have that similar kind of running of bag strategy. Um, you know, used to both be BG. I think Odom moved over to, to Flux or something like that or some other bag company. But I think they might be a good partnership. That's Those people that I just mentioned really need to, to put it on this year to make us a championship-level team. We're strong at the top. We need that bottom half to really do some work. But I was with you, Trey. I had an A-. minus. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to stay at an A-. minus. Good vibe, by the way, from this team. I think if you look at the roster – all really good people. You're going to get a good vibe. And I think that might add to, to a couple wins, which could be the difference. Absolutely. Only other thing that contributed to my ranking as well, they're a lean team. They only have 15. They don't have a full 16, which means they have a couple extra spots to add to the elite pool. And how about getting to add from the state of Texas some elite yeah. players onto your roster? Yeah. There's a, you know, just some okay people. So they're all right. <laughs> Missouri Mays, let's wrap it up. All right, I'll go a little bit quicker here. Missouri Mays, uh, Ryan Windsor is our captain. He brings back Isidro Herrera, Stephen Bernasette, and Ethan Walker. Did also bring back Gavin Cano. They trade away Cano for a first-round pick. Then they get uh, – sorry, and Jalen Jones they brought back as well. Uh, Alex Hicks, Vincent Frisch, Justin Duke, Juwan Smith, Damon Reynolds, Nate Boyer, Kevin Smith, Nick Mescal, 
Joe Tyler, Saladiner, and Clayton Robinson. Overall, this is a team that was nearly perfect if you don't trade away your best player. Unfortunately, I know they were probably up against it. They're going to say that there was a trade demanded. There's going to whatever they want to say. If you keep Kano, this team is unbelievable. But you had to trade him away. Because you trade him away, you get a little bit of reduction in my in my grade overall. I still love getting Hicks and Frisch in your first two picks. Really solid picks up, pickups that add some depth here. High-performing team that already made it back to uh, um, the playoffs uh, last season, so you know they can perform at a high level. I think Justin Duke and Jawan Smith in those middle sections are going to be two sleeper rookies that are going to absolutely deliver at a high level. Was really impressed with both of them, so they'll be really good. I think it's a team that's got good depth. I'm going to say A minus could have been an A as well, but they trade away Kano. I'll stick with A minus. A minus. AJ, what you got? Super strong starting six. Windsor, Herrera, Bernisette, Walker, Jalen Jones, Hicks. I agree with you, Trey. Moving Kano over for Hicks, arguably not a good move. Kano outplaying Hicks, but Hicks has a high ceiling. So. Akano does too. Uh, so it's all about, you know, Windsor bringing over an ex-partner, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know about that one. I kind of think you keep Kano, but if he's not going to perform at his best because he wants to be traded, Hicks was a good alternative. Um, picking up, if for those don't know, they pick up arguably the best PDC player in Vincent Frisch, uh, grabbing him in the first round. This is a guy who beats guys like the world champion, uh, Jamie Graham in a national bracket. So that's what you're going to get from a Vincent Frisch. I like, or I think you intentionally match Bernisette with Herrera or Jones. That dude is deadly with a fast bag in his hand. I think that's important to keep that in his hand. I think those boys can pair with him and do that. Probably more of a Herrera between H Windsor, Hicks, Walker, and Frisch. Really, you could mix and match those partnerships, however, and I think that they're going to be successful or elite level, however you match them up. I do like the rookie picks in Justin Duke, Jawan Smith. Uh, and maybe even a Nick Meskel, uh, you know, Duke and Smith stood out to me in the rookie showcase. I don't know what we're going to get from Damon Reynolds yet. I don't know if you guys know anything about him. I have no stats, no rookie showcase. I don't know what we're going to get out of this kid. Uh, so he's kind of the wild card, but it's kind of similar to the previous team. That bottom third needs to step out. You know, you've got these returning pros. Boyer, Kevin Smith, Joe Saladiner, Robertson, all returning as pros from last season. They're in the bottom third of this team if they can step up and bring that experience and bring that play, maybe this team makes Final Four again. Trey, I was right there with you just a little bit less. I went B-plus on this one. B-plus. All right. Moving into some somber news around the league, there was two tragedies uh, that both affected the main community. The Lewiston shooter, uh, one of the stops was actually at a cornhole league night. There were multiple cornhole player victims, no names to be released yet. And then also Drew Baker, former ACL pro and brother of current pro Trey Baker, passed away this weekend from a motorcycle accident. So, Trey, I know you have some more details for us, but really, really sad uh, week and weekend for the Cornhole community. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. It's just uh, it was a, a devastating, devastating week. Um, and honestly, that was one that kind of had me personally in kind of just a a, a, a weird state of just almost disbelief. Um, you know, listening, I'm, I'm from Massachusetts, which isn't Maine, but I, you know, I took trips up to Maine uh, on weekends as a kid and 
you know, there are certain parts of Maine that if you haven't been there, it's just a, it's, it's a different world. And it's, um, it just feels like a, a home community. Um, and to see them affected is, is, is really tough. Uh, and, and then to find out that, you know, the Cornhole community in whatever capacity ACL or not, or whatever, um, was, was impacted was, you know, a, a shock in kind of numbing, uh, I guess. And so, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, 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 the community up there really needs the support of all those that have the ability to do that. Um, you know, behind the scenes, what I would say is that we're really working together as, as a league to try to figure out what the best response is. And we're talking with some people that are close to the situation on how we can best support that. So um, the ACL will be doing uh, their part to try to help uh, work together. And, and, you know, there's some directors that aren't even waiting, which is great. I mean, some directors are already getting involved in, in helping and, and, and working through that community. So I think that's, that's, um, you know, it's great to see, you know, a rally behind the community, but it's just, it's tough. Um, it's tough to see, it's tough to see and, and tough to, to experience as, as a community. Um, and then with Drew, um, you know, just back to back, uh, blows just, just to have the community. And then, you know, Drew in particular was a pro, um, and his brother is a pro and Trey and, you know, their dad, Randy has just been, you know, I, I, every time I see Randy at an event, Randy's, you know, is always in good spirits. He's, he's, he's kind of a, he's an, you know, I, I, he's an analytical guy too. He's got good ideas and he's, you know, we always have, have some good conversations at events and he's always willing to, you know, he's, he's, he's a proud dad. He's always about talking about his, his boys as, as you can imagine. And, um, you know, to, to hear about Drew was, was, you know, devastating to hear about our, you know, losing one of our, one of our members of our community. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have, I don't have the right words and I don't have the ultimate, um, cure for any of it, but, you know, I think it's good to know that the, the Cornell community is, is rallying around to hurting communities um, in the state of Maine and um, we'll get through it. The communities will get through it and we'll do what we can to support in the meantime. Absolutely. All right. We're going to move over to our buy or sell. Well, I'll read a line and then you let me know if you're going to buy or sell. The first one being Ryan Trader finishes the season as the rookie with the most ACL titles. Trey, buy or sell? Yeah, this one's interesting, and part of the reason it's a little bit dynamic is just because we're talking about someone not necessarily winning Rookie of the Year, but someone that may win the most titles. There's a little bit of a difference there. Uh, ultimately, I'm still going to sell it. I think Caden Allen will end up with um, a couple titles under his belt, whether it be pro titles or opens. That's a big difference as well as now the opens are um, part of that criteria when you talk about titles. So I will sell it um, just because I think – Caden Allen over the long run might have a little more staying power. AJ. Yeah. Remind me. I think, I think the doubles partner is going to be important here. And if I remember correctly, I wanted Hicks? more for Caden out of his. Oh, Caden has. Costanza. Yeah. Costanza. Yes. I did want more out of that. Um, and I think he was deserving of a top 10, 15 guy. I think that might be the difference. Trader, obviously with a Hicks. Um, Soto picking up a, a strong partner with one of the, with one of the Gore kids, um, you know, one of the Gore twins. So that's really tough. My first thought was where you were going, Trey, I'm thinking Caden Allen. And I was like thinking, you know, doubles partnership. I just don't think he has as much strength on the, on the double side. 
That's a good point. I, I might have to buy just because he has Alex Hicks as a partner. He has a super, super strong partner. If there was a female rookie of the year award, Peyton Haynes would win it this year. I'm going to buy this. Uh, I think she's probably the most dynamic female we have coming in. Um, and, and you could even say she's one of the most dynamic females period, as far as her game goes. Right. I mean, um, she's probably got more shots in the arsenal than Cheyenne Bubenheim. That doesn't mean she's always going to be Cheyenne. It's just, she's got more in the arsenal. Um, so I'd say, yeah, I'm going to buy it. I think Zoe Gann probably yes. gives her the, the strongest run up against that. Um, I didn't love what I saw out of Zoe in our rookie showcase. And I think, um, I don't know how to say this right. I think Zoe's going to be a rookie this year. Um, I think, you know, she's, I think she's kind of got a little bit of a nervous Nelly energy that is going to take time for her to work through. And so because of that, I think she's going to, She's going to be a great player. I just think, I think it's going to take longer for her to get there. Peyton, I think, is going to be a little bit more battle-tested and ready. She's coming in with a little bit more confidence in my mind. I'll go Peyton Haynes by on the on the female rookie of the year. AJ? Yeah, you, you hit the two names that, that had me uh, thinking as well. Um, I, I really like what I'm seeing out of Zoe just technique-wise. Uh, I think that there's a lot of potential there. And for that, I'm going to, let me see, is it, does it buy it's I'm going to sell um, and go the other way trade. Maybe that's something we can keep track of uh, as the season goes along. Cause I, I think yeah. she's got good raw talent. It's going to come really close. Both ladies really, really talented. Foot surgery will have a long-term impact on Alex Rawls game. Yeah. I think it, the question is what is long-term is long-term six months. I'll say yes. If long-term is multiple years, I'm going to say no. I think the, the thing that's going to be the hardest for Rawls is that, um, you know, if there are any actual effects, what modification in his, in his um, game that's going to take, um, you know, Oh, Michelle, love this one. If you're thinking about how you're throwing and messing with pain, you're not in automation. So if you're not in automation, you cannot play to your highest skill level. Oh, so yes. I'm going to say there's, there's a six to eight month, six to eight month uh, 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 hangover here for Raw. So if that's long-term enough, I'll buy it. Anthony or AJ? I'm going to sell. Uh, anybody who was at the first national saw Alex Rawls limping around already. He did the whole season with that injury, finished number two in the world. So that tells me he can deal with that pain. He can handle that. And if you've seen any of the online feeds right now, this guy's out there throwing on one leg and he's, he's, he's throwing pretty amazing. And I think it's actually helping some of his technique. It's really forcing him all upper body, um, which he kind of was before anyway, but it's really honing in all of his upper technique. I don't think that it bothers him at all. And he's another top two, three player in this, in the world next year. If Mark Richards and Tony Smith don't win an open before the pro season starts in April, they should be worried. I'm not big into hyperbole, but I'm going to buy it because look, here's one of two scenarios. If they don't win an open, there's one of two ways that can happen. One, they're still playing well, but they're getting there to the end and they're not winning. Right. Or two, they're not getting towards the end. If it's number two, I think we can all agree. That's a problem. Right. Now, if it's number one, I would say, are we still worried about Tony Smith not being able to get across the finish line and finish? Because if we're going to look at Mark Richards and Tony Smith and say that they're going to be one of the all-time greats, you don't you don't regard all-time greats by their number of second and third place finishes. They got to win. 
Now, I'm not saying they need to win right now, but we got open 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 before we even get to the pro season. Yep. Yeah, you better win one of them uh, because if they're not, then I'm definitely worried. I'm buying it. Now, option three, by the way, is that they don't partner together at opens, and I think that's worrisome. <laughs> so that would be another right, one. Fi- fine. Put, yeah, that same thing. <laughs> All right, AJ, what you got? Yeah, they should be worried. We're expecting them to be the most dominant team in the league next year. We took the two MVP, can't the two highest voted MVP candidates, and now they're together as a doubles team. We're expecting them to roll the league. If they can't win an open, yeah, they should be worried. Absolutely. I'm going to buy that. I hate this next one. Christmas, December holiday de- decorations can go up this weekend. Sell. Uh, sell. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. Like, oh everybody hates on it. Like, Look, I love Thanksgiving. Like, have the Christmas tree in the background while you're eating no. Thanksgiving. Like, it's a no. vibe. Like, just, just no, dude. I gotta hide that shit from the wife, or it's going up. Like, I'm like, what? It's, what are you doing? It's outrageous. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not okay with that. All right, Trey. We learned so much about you right now, and I'm just not happy with it at all. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Pro singles power rankings. Uh, let's go through it. Uh, Trey, why don't you begin and tell us what you got? All right, I'll keep mine to three minutes, and Anthony can have the rest, right? So uh, number one on my on my uh, power rankings, I have the MVP of last season, Tony Smith. He deserves to be there. Then the only open he's played in so far, he made it all the way to the finals. Sorry. I mean, there's no reason for me to take him off number one. Um, now you could argue Jamie Graham should be there, but then I have Jamie Graham at number two. I think Jamie Graham didn't have as good as the first open. You know, he'll get through it. It's Jamie Graham. No longer need to doubt him. I have him at number number two. He's close to the top. Then I have Mark Richards. I mean, these guys are the three best players that are consistently there on a game-to-game basis. If you guys want to argue one, two, and three, go for it. I don't care. They're the they're your three solid best. Then into number four, I have a, I have a guy that's been so consistent even at the open level. He brought that over at a really strong rookie season, Justin Burton Jr., I think he's going to be another solid player. I think he's playing really, really well right now. If he doesn't ultimately win everything, you know, so be it. But like all of his losses, even when he's losing in singles, are by very small margins. So I have Burton Jr. at four. Number five. Okay. I'm done doubting Alan Rawls. Alan Rawls is going at number five. I'm, I don't, I, I told myself no matter what it took, I'm putting Alan Rawls in the top five. So that's what I had to do. Alan Ross is in the top five. Number six and number seven are doubles partners. If you want to put which one ahead of the other, go for it. I have Fisher Hamilton at six, Gavin Cano at seven. Um, those could easily be flipped depending on what you want to do. Number eight, I am worried about the foot. So I'm putting Alex Rawls all the way down at eight, purely for injury reasons. Nothing else. He goes from number two all the way to number eight. Number nine, I have Caleb Batson, and I threw up in my mouth putting Caleb Batson all the way at nine. I just didn't know where I wanted to put him, okay? He's somewhere – he should be higher, but I can't move anybody down, maybe except Alan Rawls, but I told myself I'm not moving him out of the top five. Finally, my one rookie right now goes to Ryan Trader. You win an open, you get to sit there. I reserve the right to put Sammy Soto, Caden Allen, Braden Wilson, Jeremiah Ellis, whatever rookie comes out swinging – I, I reserve the right to swap them out. Ryan Trader at number 10. There's my three minutes. So no Devin Harbaugh. That's the one that's no Devin Harbaugh. I I left I had to, Harbaugh's at like eleven or twelve. 
I mean, okay, it's close. All right, AJ. My Wi-Fi is in and out. I'm going to cross my fingers. Trey, you're number <laughs> nine. I'm going out on a limb here. Caleb Batson, the best player in the world next year. Caleb Batson. I have him at I number one. I won't argue one. you. I won't ah. argue you. You have him at number one. Mm-hmm. Yes, number one, Caleb Batson. I'm doing it. Wow. You're I number one, my number two, Tony Smith. Everybody knows why. Tony Smith, one of the best players in the world. You dropped Alex Rawls. I, I, I told myself I'm going to stop sleeping on Alex Rawls. We've been sleeping on him for multiple seasons. He's been back-to-back top players in the world. I'm going to keep him there at number three. Uh, Jamie Graham, the world champ. Uh, I'm, I'm going to stick with this guy at number four. Mark puts Mark Richards at five, which is crazy to think to put Mark Richards at five. We thought he would have been hands down number one last year. He ended up fourth. I think just because of some other successes, Caleb Batson doing really well, it moves Mark Richards to fifth. I'm not sleeping on Alan Rawls anymore. I have him at the number sixth in the power rankings. Um, interesting. You put JBJ ahead of uh, Fisher Hamilton. I know they're back and forth. Um, and I think it's, uh, you know, this Florida versus Texas kind of thing. I'm going to go Florida on this one. I'm going to put um, Fisher Hamilton at seven, JBJ, Ryan behind him at eight. I also have Ryan Trader in my top 10 at number nine. And then at number 10, back-to-back open doubles uh, bracket wins. A guy who's been at the top of the game forever. He was always been in my list, fell out. He's back. Ryan Windsor at number 10. Stop playing. Did you so say you- Jamie Graham? Yes, Jamie yeah, Graham at four. Okay, I miss Jamie Graham. Okay. Did you so you don't have Gavin Cano in your top 10? I don't. I have him okay. right outside. No hardball in there. This is crazy. Jay Gore. Yeah. I mean, this is how tough the field is. These guys right outside. Logan Chamberlain. I mean, the list goes on. What's crazy is we had so we had nine out of the ten that were this like the same group. Now we ordered them differently. Right. Um you know, you put Batson all the way at number one, and I I don't hate that at all because I think that that potential is there. Ultimately, I didn't go with Batson at number one just because he hasn't, like, won anything himself in singles, but I love that pick. You said JBJ versus Hamilton. I would agree with you, but to an extent, I just felt like JBJ has been more consistent, right? Fisher will have those weird events where it's just kind of like, where did Fisher Hamilton go, Right. Because his game is so defensive, right? It's overly defensive. Whereas I think that Burton Jr. plays a little bit more of that that hybrid balanced game ultimately. So, but I, yeah, interesting. Neither one of us had Harbaugh. Neither one of us had Gore. I mean, there's there's a number of different Marvelous. players on there that no, yeah, only 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 had one rookie. Um, yeah, Caden Allen, Soto, Ellis, all these guys out there. It's tough to get in the top ten, guys. Yeah. Who else did we miss out? We missed out on uh, uh, Alex Joe Neistat, Hunter Six, Joe Neistat, Jacob Drzinski. Yeah. I mean, Jacob Drzinski was pretty far up there, wasn't he? Yeah, we he didn't was. even consider. We, how did when you were making your list? This is how crazy this is. You were making your list. Did you even think about Mac guy? I did no. not even think about Mac guy. I did I not. The game is trending away. Joe That's Neistat. crazy. Joe Neistat was crazy. number nine last year. He was number nine. Yeah, that is. Oh, man, it's tough. It's really, really tough. And it's actually going to go into my hot take. But uh, Trey, we'll start with yours. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go kind of back to buy or sell a little bit. I'll say uh, last year, Cheyenne Bubenheim won everything uh, when it comes to the female game. Two events this year, your female rookie of the year, Peyton Haynes, wins two. Uh, women's events. They don't necessarily have to be pro events, but between opens 
and the pro events. We have about 14 events left, 16 events left. I think Peyton Haynes takes two of them. Okay. Hot take from AJ Sims. AJ, uh, yeah, I hinted at it already. You know, your your number one player in the world is not the MVP in Tony Smith. It's not the guy who tied the MVP in votes and it went to second place votes, Mark Richards. It's not the world champ, Jamie Graham, or an Alex Rawls who went back-to-back seasons of second place. It is Caleb Batson, the number one player in the world by the end of the pro season. Love it. And mine I uh, talked about in ACL Live last night. I have Jake Gore in my top 10. That means moving out of the top 10 are names like Windsor, Hicks, Kano, um, you know, Soto, Trader. So I'm putting Jake Gore above them. Uh, I think he can do it. I think he showed us last season a lot of what he can do. So uh, that is my hot take. Um, that's all we got time for, everyone. Have a great uh, Halloween And thanks for joining us on our 100th episode with many more to come. We appreciate every single one of you that tunes in every week. So until next time, thanks, guys. AJ Sims out.